Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, pregnancy-focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is the owner of Open Eye Crystals, a renowned crystal shop here in Los Angeles. She's also currently 38 weeks pregnant with her first baby, adding another exciting chapter to her journey. In this episode, we'll dive into her story as a business owner, her passion for crystals, and her experience of preparing to become a new mother. Madison Young, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you oh, for having me. Are you kidding? One of my favorite people. Okay, let's start at the <laughs> beginning. There's so much interestingness about you. Where are you from? I'm from here, born and raised in LA. What was that like? You know, I didn't think anything different, but when you move away, I went to college in San Francisco and you come back Ooh, and it's so like, oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I really went you out. <laughs> and, you know, you come back, you're like, wow, there's so much history imprinted everywhere, of course. But there's something really special about LA. And I used to kind of like brush it off and say it's no big deal, but it's really cool. And I have a very blended family and most of them are in the entertainment industry. So it just, it was all kind of infused. In blended childhood. family in what sense? Well, my parents separated when I was three, so I don't really have a lot of memories of them together, but they're still best of friends. My mom remarried, my dad remarried, and my mom was a makeup artist for movies. My stepdad was an agent. My dad is a wardrobe manufacturer for the movies. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of movie. Are you the only one from both of them? Yeah. It's so weird because I'm technically, well, I'm one of eight. Wow. But I'm the only one from my mom and my dad. So I'm the baby of my father, and then I'm the oldest of my mother, and then I fall in between, like with everyone. But we're all so close, like step, half, whatever, it doesn't matter. Really? That's so nice. I know, it is. So you have a giant blended family. Yeah, so like Christmas is really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, what did you study in college in San Francisco? So... My whole dream was to open up a restaurant. I wanted to go to culinary school, went to San Francisco USF for their hospitality management, got into there, really loved hospitality. And I realized I was a lot more into event planning, loved the event planning and started working with a big event planner in LA during my summers. But I always wanted to go back to culinary school eventually. But then things just kind of took on a different life. Stayed in San Francisco. Loved San Francisco. If I could live there now, I'm like planting seeds with my husband to eventually move back. But Oh, no. I know. I know it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, no sweat there. But What is it then, that you love about San Francisco? I just love how small it is. And it's still city like. You can still go. You're just in these like little micro neighborhoods. You can take the bus anywhere. And I think there's just a lack of, I don't know, in LA, you know, you go into a store, people kind of size you up. What kind of purse are you wearing? What kind of like watch? Like, I don't know. It feels a little bit more materialistic here. And in San Francisco, it's just, I don't know. The music scene there is amazing. The food is amazing there. And again, not that those things aren't in LA. I just really love the energy there. It feels a lot more relaxed. Speaks to you. It does. And the food. It's funny when you say food, you're like, the food is amazing. I'm like, that culinary thing never left you. Totally. No, it didn't. I dated a chef too. Kind of actually I dated a couple. Yeah. There's something I have like a soft spot for like kitchen folk in my heart. And um, 
yeah, the food there is so incredible. I love it. Again, here too, but I don't know. I think I just know a lot more culinary people in SF. So you went from wanting to do culinary arts to doing hospitality to doing event planning. Yes. To? To, I, I started doing event planning for UCSF Children's Hospital in San Francisco and loved that. Like fundraisers? Um, fundraisers, yeah. Like, you know, working at a very high level with huge donors, like old San Francisco money, putting on these amazing, amazing events. And that was really special too. But at one point, it was just such a small department that I couldn't grow anymore. And, you know, I started getting more tattoos. My hair was really red. Had it been like one shade darker, they'd probably be like, no, I'm sorry. This is not professional. You can't, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't into it. And yeah, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I went back to, I did waitressing. And I was like, hey, what do I love? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a lingerie line. My dad being in the movie, like making clothes, like he in the apparel world, he's like, all right, here's what we got to do. So he helped me kind of start this. And I was in San Francisco. I was waitressing and I would drive. So I had two days off. I would drive Wednesday morning down to LA, go downtown, get my fabric swatches, figure out how to make lingerie, drive back Thursday morning, just in time for my shift. And it was just like mayhem. And it was so expensive. And I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And I was just like wasting all my time and my money. Why lingerie specifically? I just loved it. I just love the sexiness of it, the playfulness of it, the feminine nature of it. And I thought I could do something. I just thought I had a lot of creativity that I could pour specifically into that. And I don't know if anybody told you this, but it's really hard to make lingerie. (laughs) It's like when my dad, he was so for me creating something and he didn't want to naysay or discourage me from continuing on that path. But it truly is it's an engineer situation. It's really hard, you know, like especially in LA because LA is so known for like cut and sew t-shirts, jeans, and most of the laundry that's produced is in Asia. And they do a really, really good job of that. So the fact that I was trying to make it in LA, it was just very not thought through. <laughs> lingerie. Yeah, there you go. That would have mm-hmm. been a great name for it. Oh, just we met so too I late. Yeah, that's right. Did you but, end up coming out with pieces? Well, I had some samples made and I still have so many rolls of fabric in my closet right now. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not too late. Um, No, it's not too late. Yeah. I mean, my dream is for Rihanna to come to me and say, let's do a collab with Open Eye, Fenty, Savage, Lingerie with Open Eye. So, you know, putting that in my little manifestation drawer. Yeah. And once that happens, you're just ready to roll, literally with the rolls of fabric. Yeah, like I got us. Don't worry. I'm already I don't even know like, the answer to this. Is there pregnancy lingerie? I don't know. I have not gotten any maternity clothes, bras, underwear since getting pregnant. If so, you haven't got it now. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, that was kind of a goal. Like I just thought it was just a waste of clothes. Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be wearing this for such a short amount of time. But then I look in my closet and how many pieces have not been touched ever so you know did you just get bigger regular clothing no you're just squeezing into everything you just used to wear stuff (laughs) just like right now i have like overalls on that totally oh yeah they can yeah that's fine like my t-shirts work 
and then they just wear pants and actually don't own pants except for yoga pants. Like I just either wear like overalls or jumpsuits or dresses. So it's not like I had to worry about jeans or anything like that. Yeah, me either. No jeans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, so if I can recap, you were going to yeah. go for culinary. Then yes. you went into hospitality, which may be why you're so hospitable. <laughs> and then you went to events and then lingerie in LA. And then... Yes. And then... I was draining my savings, trying to figure out this laundry thing, buying this fi- fabric and getting these samples made. And I was like, this is going to kill me. This is not going the way I planned. I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go to FITM. They have this one-year program for people who've already gone to college. And that way I can meet people. I can know what I'm doing and just have a more of a support team and resources available. Well, a couple months into it, well, actually, I think it was a 12-month program, and nine months into it or so, I got these cluster of migraines, and my boyfriend at the time was like, go see a doctor, go get an MRI, and I was like, no, the women in my family get these, it's fine. He's like, please just go and say I told you so. I was like, all right, fine. Well, got the MRI, and it turns out something did show up, and they found a mass in my left temporal lobe, and yeah, so they said... Like your world blurs. It's almost, it was like a movie. They're like, this doesn't even look like a normal like mass. Like it looks like a stage four glioma. So like you hear this and your world kind of blurs, like, you know, like the sound goes off in your head and then just everything just kind of fades. So it happened so fast, but you know, I was literally printing out homework for fit and while my doctor called and he was like, we found this bringing your parents. We got to talk about this right now. Went there. He, yeah, it was so surreal. My parents, we go there and he goes, you have an appointment at Cedars right after this. And so it was just like, let's go. So obviously everything else was put on the back burner. And mind you, like during that time, I'm busting my tush and I am interviewing with all these places. I was trying to get with agent provocateur and all these different positions that truly I was overqualified for and these like very entry level stuff and with revolve and I'm just getting so close. And then like at the final last second, they're like, you know what, actually we're going in a different direction. So I was so disheartened and I'm like, why am I hitting so many walls? Then this brain mass comes up. I have to get surgery to biopsy it. And the result came back as inconclusive, oh, which geez. is, yeah, which is really uncommon because it has every look and feel of a glioma, which is, you know, the way that they describe it to me is like the roots of a tree. It's not operable. So it's like something you have to treat with like chemo or radiation. And yeah, that was just so overwhelming. I was just like, what? Nothing made sense. And the craziest thing is, where they found it has nothing to do with my migraine. It just happened to show up, you know, I went in there for one thing and it actually wow. affects, yeah, it affects your, I think it's like short-term memory. So I was like, oh, thank God I have a reason why I can't remember anything, but like, geez. And also sort of thank God you had those migraines, I guess. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, it's something that I have to get checked out every three to six months. I have to get an MRI just to make sure it doesn't Still? grow. Still. And also, too, when I told them, oh, I'm planning to get pregnant, so, you know, I'll just do it right now, and then I won't have to do it when I'm pregnant. They're like, actually, when you're pregnant, they tend to grow, so it's good to get it done. And I just chose not to, because it's not going to really affect anything right now anyway. I'm just 
you know, I'll do it after, but still have to get them done because it came back as inconclusive. The only thing that's different from what they explained to me was that it's just not growing. It's not separating, but it still has that look. So it was actually studied around all these conferences in the U.S., these oncology conferences. It's just this weird anomaly. So doctors around the country are studying your brain. Yeah, I know. I'm so famous. Accomplished. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. So, you know, all that. After I got the surgery, I was so not scared of dying. I was so not scared of failure. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do what I want. And my mom was really on board too. I think everyone just like saw me as this like little precious egg. They're like, okay, let's support you or whatever. Delicate. Delicate, like a delicate little thing, little Fabergé egg. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I'm going to open up a crystal store because that's what I loved. I mean, I think I was neglecting a lot or had this vision that I had to, like my hobby couldn't be my work. So your hobby always has been crystals. Yeah. I mean, my spirituality was always there, but I just thought like my spirituality couldn't be part of my professional life. Like it was just two separate entities because, you know, I wouldn't say like growing up in a very spiritual household, but like by the time I was in high school, my mom was really into Kundalini yoga. She was into crystals and We kind of planted something. I never, you know, I was into psychics. I understood the metaphysical world, didn't really incorporate it, you know, into my own practice until I was in my early 20s. But yeah, once the crystals like were introduced, there's actually this one moment that changed everything for me. It was when I was waitressing in San Francisco and it was on a Monday night at this jazz bar. It was always dead. but I was working it and that morning I woke up and shot out of bed. I was like, I need crystals and never bought my own crystals before. I've only been gifted them. So I went to this place on hate street, intuitively just picked up crystals, brought them home. And again, just intuitively just told them, I want you to make me money, put them in my bra. I went to work in a day that was like, again, always dead. Maybe we got like three or four customers within 20 minutes of me being in that space the place was packed. The place was not only packed, but people were just like, they kept slapping me 20s, like, thank you so much for taking care of us. And because I was the only one on the floor, I got all the tips. So I made all that money and more back. And I was like, oh my God, these things work. And so from then on, it was like game on for crystals. Now I'm thinking crystal lingerie. Well, I didn't want to like spill the beans, but that's what I was thinking about, you know, of like finding those little pockets with. I don't know. I'm not sure if I even want to share that in case I do it later. But yeah, I mean, that's where I was kind of going with it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. The journey's just getting started. Let's take a little break. When we come back, we'll find out about your partner and your pregnancy. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart, literally, omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient needed, the supplement brand I trust created their brand new omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and 
third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the needed difference, consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the podcast. We're talking to Madison Young, who's now 38 weeks and a few more minutes pregnant. And, you know, when you think about it, how many minutes you have between now and the time you're holding this baby, that was a sizable contribution you just made. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get to where we are now, let's get to how we got here. Where'd you meet your partner, your current partner? It sounds like you date a lot. I did, did a lot. I mean, I had boyfriends and they were always long term. I've been blessed to have like really amazing relationships. But yeah, this one's definitely my favorite. <laughs> okay, good. How did you guys meet? High school. We went to the no same kidding. high school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you knew each other for a long time before yeah, for sure. Since I was 12, almost 13. Yeah, we went to the same high school that Monica Lewinsky went to. This is a side note. <laughs> they changed the name after that whole scandal. So uh, Did they really? Yeah. Because of it? Yeah, she was valedictorian at Bel Air Prep. And then after that, they changed to Pacific Hills. It's just right underneath Sunset Plaza. I'm going to refrain yeah. from any jokes. <laughs> yeah, so we met in high school and we were really, really good friends. And he super liked me. I don't want to say it wasn't mutual, but he was just a lot of energy. So we didn't connect like that. It wasn't like, oh, we're high school sweethearts. Yeah, so... We went to high school last year, or it was like middle of like 11th grade year. He got kicked out, went to Culver. So I hadn't really seen him since then until I came back for college, you know, summer here and there. And we connected, but it wasn't until my opening of the store, he came and walked in and he had lost so much weight. I did not recognize him at all. I was like, hi, welcome. Come on in. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Ricky, what's up? It was so wild. So his parents' house is three blocks away from my store. His parents' business is like half a mile away. Our high school was just up La Cienega. So, I mean, his whole world has always been in this like circumference. And so he couldn't get home without passing by open eye. And every day, and I mean, every day he brought me (laughs) Sushi and Chardonnay. Like, yeah, homie really tried to woo me. And it really <laughs> worked. It worked. Yeah, it's that food, I'm telling you. Yeah. And some good wine. <laughs> you knew. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't even ask you, but I'm like opening a store, running a business. How's that? Well, this is going to sound crazy, but when I reflect on it, I see how crazy it is and how much stamina and how much foresight you need. And in the moment, you know, I opened my store within four months. Like I wrote a business plan, got funding, got inventory. I did the branding. I did the logo. I got all the material made. And then I marketed the hell out of it. And for our opening, we had like around 400 people. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And so to think about me doing all of that, in four months and I did construction on the place the place was terrible and to think about it now I'm like where did I get the energy and like just so driven 
I mean, I also had a loan, so it's like that really puts a fire under your chest. But um, (laughs) so I was like, all right, I have X amount of time to pay this back. So we got to get the ball rolling. And it kind of came together, though, like a perfect cogwheel. So when I go back to thinking about like all the doors that were closed and you just feeling like I was just hitting dead end after dead end with the lingerie thing. Once I committed to being on this path and bringing in that crystal energy and really just doing what I loved truly, like on a very soul level, I mean, I feel like the universe just was like laying the bricks right in front of me as I'm going along. So I felt very supported. Everything kind of came together very seamlessly. I had a very thoughtful plan. So it's not like without, again, any foresight, but yeah, it just felt like all the right people were there to support me in that. And it's really special. And then like learning how to pivot in a business, I feel like I haven't had one consistent year where I can ever predict what's going on because first year, that was 2018. We actually just had our five-year birthday. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. I know. I have a little toddler on my hand. <laughs> so, you know, the first year, you can't really predict. Second year, is was 2018 to 2020. So you kind of are getting your land legs. And then 2020 happened. I remember what happened then. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Don't spoil it. (laughs) And it was so crazy because, you know, for our second year birthday bash, which was in 2020, we had 500 people attend this event. We had like a food truck. We had all these vendors. It was a super spreader. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was in February. So it was like a little bit before all that. But yeah, like Vice came and like it never came out because 2020 totally stole the show. But yeah, then we had to. Well, it sounds like open eye was going viral before that happened. Yeah, right. I mean, it started to pick up. It was cool to see. It was starting to pick up. And then when that happened, we had obviously closed the store. So my husband, his trade is photography. So I was like, okay, we don't have a web presence. We need to get all our inventory online. So we got the website going. And then we started doing Instagram live sales. And I was so nervous. I was crying before the first live sale because I never wanted to show my face. I didn't want to be the face of open eye. I wanted open eye to be its own energy. And when I finally went on there and all these people came on, it was so beautiful how supportive everyone was. And it's like, I call it the crystal QVC because, you know, I sit (laughs) there and I show the crystals and this is what we got, you know. And tell people how to use them in ritual, tell them what they do metaphysically. And it just kind of took off from there. So, you know, every single year was just so different. That's insane for any business owner. But like that whole thing, like, first of all, just the virus coming out and you don't really know what it is. And is it going to be dangerous, not dangerous? You know, are there going to be remedies, not remedies? And some cities are totally ghost town shut down. Other cities are still hustling and bustling. And there's not enough information to really know what's accurate and what's not accurate. Even today, a few years later, I'm still debating some of these things. But all you know is you had to shut down, right? Crystal's not considered an essential I mean, I think they're essential, but no, not to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Los Los Angeles, Angeles, California, they don't consider it. So, like, you had to like really hardcore pivot to a plan B, and it just sounds like you just like boom. Okay, with the world crumbling, can't get toilet paper. You're figuring out how to move your business online quick. Totally, sounds like it worked. 
it totally worked. 2020 was like our best year. And you best know, virus these, ever. Yeah, seriously. I was like, whoa. I mean, also a lot of the healers and you know, tarot readers and all the people in our community of the metaphysical world were thriving in 2020 and 2021 because that shook everyone's faith and whatever. Like they were just questioning everything. And what I think about crystals is that it's a it's very approachable in the respect of at the end of the day, it's just energy, right? And it's not like you have to go somewhere to pray or to practice. It's not something coming between you and yourself. So I think a lot of, I call them crystal curious. There's just a lot of crystal curious babes <laughs> on the QVC. And it's been so cool to see how many people who start like, yes, in the store as well, but online from all around the U.S. You know, they now don't I'm thinking have, you should like open, yeah. start a magazine about it. And it yeah, with be, all my time. <laughs> it could be CQ instead of GQ. CQ. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I just want more responsibility. So. <laughs> well, you're going to have more responsibility soon, I predict, very soon. So you guys, I mean, how long from him bringing sushi and wine to, like, serious relationship to let's have a baby? Um, The timeline is, like, very hazy. I don't know. It took me a while to get on board. Like, I love Rick, and he's great. And we obviously started off as friends. And so it took me a while to come around to the idea of dating him. And we were, okay, so so he came in 2018, February 2018, the store opening. And then I was dating someone at the time. Like there wasn't overlappage, but I wasn't thinking about Rick in that way. We broke up and I think it was, yeah, later on that year, probably like November of 2018, we started dating and then again, kind of just casual ish. I mean, I wasn't seeing anyone, but I just wasn't seeing further into the future. And then come the shutdown when he was helping me at the store, we are such a good partnership. Like that blew me away. I was like, oh, we are really good at working together. And I really value that because I'm like, okay, well, there's something here. And it totally shifted my perspective of him. And I was like, yeah, let's, uh, I'm like, I'm ready. Cause the vertical was out. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you got to quarantine with somebody. Totally. And it was the best thing to ever happen to us. And it, again, it wasn't like Vertica's thoughts. I think I was just so new up for a relationship. I just was like, oh my God, another relate. That's not where my head was at. And then quarantining and then working in the business together that I really fell in love with him in a different way. And then 2021. No, no, end of 2020, I was like, I want to have a baby with you. And he was down, <laughs> but he's of Italian heritage. His family's from Italy proper. And he always wanted like the wife, the kids, but he wanted a wife. And I just wasn't on board of marriage at that point. And so I was like, you know, I love you. I think this is like the greatest bond. We're going to have a kid. Like, let's invite in that energy. And he was like, okay. He wrapped his head around that thought. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So we started to invite in that energy. A couple months into it, I was like, you know what? I do love you. And I am planning to be with you for the rest of my life. And I want our kids to know that we're together because we want to be together. Not because like they're results of our love. They're not the reason why we're together. And yeah. I mean, that's a beautiful thought. Yeah. And you know, like his parents are still together. They've been married for like 
ever, 30 something years, if not more. And my parents, well, you know, my mom was married for 25 years with my stepdad. You know, I know what a loving relationship can be, but I don't know. I think there was like a part of me that's like, it's okay if things don't last. So, you know, the moment that we started to bring in the energy of a child, it completely switched my mind. And then it took us a while. We were trying to get pregnant and it took us a while. Hmm. Was that frustrating? You know, I'm a huge believer of like the divine timing of things. So yes, it was frustrating, but you know, I have my little spiritual people on lockdown. So I was like, let's look into my astrology chart. What's going on? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, no, like you have a ton of kid energy in your chart. It's just not until 2023. I was like, well, that's annoying. (laughs) But sort of good to know. No, totally. And I was like, see, that's why I'm not stressing out. My dad was like, honey, like this is taking a while. Like you should get checked out. I was like, you know what? And also too, I was feeling the energy of a spirit baby was around us. And the spirit baby only came around when I started dating Rick. So I wasn't concerned, but yeah, it was kind of annoying. Like I think in total, it was like a year and a half we took. So once I decided we wanted to get married, you know, I'm a very decisive person. Like when I'm like, okay, we're good. I was like, let's go to Vegas. It'll be fun. It'll be so great. And we don't have to wait that long. So we stopped trying for like four months just because I didn't want to be pregnant in Vegas for a wedding. (laughs) And then (laughs) we came back and we started trying again. And yeah, it was pretty frustrating. I mean, the timing of it is exactly as my chart said that my astrologer was like, like, I see a baby coming February, March of 2023. I was like, does that mean I'm going to get pregnant then? Or is that when I'm gonna have a baby? She's like, I don't know, it could be either or so glad it wasn't like when I was going to get pregnant because that was just, again, taking forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now you're going to have the baby very soon. Very Uh, soon. When you found out, were you surprised? Well, so I got pregnant in February of last year. And as soon as I found out, I miscarried. It was like I knew the day I could find out, like two days later is when the pregnancy started to release. So I was so devastated and you had already gotten a positive pregnancy test yes i had a positive pregnancy test it wasn't faint but it was positive and i showed my mom she's like it'll get darker as the hormones build and they only got lighter and then i was just bleeding and oh my god it was so devastating but you know it's so crazy because had i not checked i would have just thought i got my period right you must have just been a couple of days late Yeah. I mean, honestly, the thing is, so there's this spirit baby and I'm not sure if your readers are on board with this, but let's get a little woo Woo. and let's get a little woo woo. So since I started dating Rick, I've had these dreams, these visitations, if you will, from this little girl, her name is Violet. Like she's very decisive. She's a spicy little meatball and she like peppers in like little signs to us all the time. So again, I've always felt like a spirit baby around us and The day that I took the pregnancy test, I had like a light bleeding, which is kind of unusual because I'm like, oh, I should be getting a full period. But I was like, okay, whatever. And I was on Instagram and I'm like scrolling. And then this huge ad comes up that says violet. Like it's literally like flashing and it's like rows of saying violet. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I wonder if this is like implantation blood. Like I've heard about that. Mm. 
So I take a pregnancy test and it says positive again, faint, but it says it. And I'm like shaking. I just couldn't believe it. Cause again, I, had I not known, I would have just thought it was my period. So there was a reason why in my belief that I was supposed to take a pregnancy test, why that is, I don't know, you know, but I felt like this energy was telling me, take the pregnancy test, know that you are pregnant. And then it released and I just was so confused and I was so hurt. And I just like started questioning myself. I was like, I felt so abandoned by the spirit that has been like flirting with us for all these months. So I'm actually on this couch, you know, while I'm resting and the pregnancy is passing and I have a heating pad on me and I'm just sobbing and I'm so upset. And this light over here in the corner, all the lights were off except for that one. Yeah, it was like dim and it just was like twitching. And I was like, huh, okay, got my phone out. And I said, okay, Violet, if this is you, show yourself and the whole lights go out. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> I was like, I know. So I, was, I just started crying and I, my grief immediately went away. I was like, okay, this baby's still around. It totally healed my grief in that moment. And it was frustrating, yes, to get pregnant. But again, this energy has been around and still supportive. I mean, I think the biggest shock though, is when we found out we're having a boy, I was like, what the hell? I was like, where's Violet? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I mean, even now I still have dreams when I have a dream about my baby, it's, it's her or it's a girl. So, you know, who knows, you know, later down the road, it might make sense. It might not, but it is very interesting. Wow. On the woo. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take a break, but before we do, I think out of all people, you might appreciate this Japanese film we have on Informed Pregnancy Plus. It's called Prenatal Memory, and it's this doctor in Japan who's been, like, for years and years studying what do kids remember from the womb and before. And they have all these kids talking about how they were floating around on clouds, and then they saw their parent that was the one that they wanted to choose, and it's very interesting stuff. Like, I watch it, I've watched it twice now, because the first time I was like, this is weird, and then I watched it again, I'm like, that's kind of interesting, and then I was like, do I have any memories, you know, yeah. of beforehand, and so far I don't, but maybe with, well, with right... regressions, or, yeah. you know, with meditations, but I'm familiar with this study, it's a study, right? There's U.S. counterparts who do similar things here, but this doctor in Japan, he's constantly studying. Yeah, I am familiar with this, and to me, that makes all the sense. Have you read the book Cosmic Cradle? No. Okay, I have a copy. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to bring it tomorrow. Let's see session. Tomorrow. Right. Yeah, and it is exactly that. It talks about preconception memories. Yes, and, and from the soul. child from the child from and the drawings are, that they make the things that they bring up that no one else would know like i think in that the japanese doctor one of the participants was like oh i saw mommy on her wedding day and they describe her in this all white dress with the dog and the mom's like that was a very private moment that i had with my dog and she's like nobody else knew it but this little kid did i mean it's crazy they, like one of them remembered swimming with dolphins and mom did go swim with dolphins while she was pregnant. Yeah, there's all this really interesting stuff. You know, you could make whatever you want out of it, but it's still fascinating no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. And also, too, like, we can justify it all we want, and that's totally fine. But I think on some kind of, like, core level, some of that might resonate, you know? 
And yeah, the, just the pre-memories are so wildly fascinating. In this book, Cosmic Cradle, there's parts of it where the soul is in this other realm and they are choosing their life. Like they're like, okay, what are like the challenges you're going to be experiencing? What are the triumphs? What kind of socioeconomic status do you want? So essentially you pick it all out. And the idea behind it is how are you going to karmically level up? And that could be at anybody's pace. So someone's like, I want to be really comfortable. I want to be beautiful. I want to be healthy. So it's like, okay, you're not going to be leveling up spiritually as much, but like, okay, I'm going to be dealing with, you know, alcoholics in my life, or this is going to be this theme. And then it's, it's so interesting. Anyways. Cosmic Cradle. Well, I I'm can't wait to start reading it until yeah. tomorrow. All right, Madison, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll find out how your pregnancy has been and what you have in store for birth. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. We're talking to Madison and Violet. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about pregnancy. How are the different trimesters for you? Well, I was violently sick. And violent is the only word I can think of when it comes Wait. to describing that. What? I was so sick for probably about until month seven. Like yeah. uh, throwing up and everything? Yeah. Hyperemesis is what they told me I got. And it was really aggressive. Even with Zofran, it was, oh my God, I'm still so grateful for Zofran. I'm like, I'm going to put them in my will because I owe them so much. <laughs> it's like, I, like, I'm so grateful for Zofran. But it wasn't until month seven did things start to turn a leaf, but I couldn't work. It felt like the worst hangover of your life every single day, like day and night. Boy, I Maybe a year and a half ago? I was traveling in Central America and I got really sick, like mm -hmm. really sick. And it lasted, usually it's like a 24 hour bug, you know, it lasted for like four or five days and I was ready to crack. I was like, yeah. I, I just put a fork in me. I'm done. I can't do this anymore after yeah. just four days. And sometimes when you guys get that sick, you know, even the basic nausea and vomiting of pregnancy just seems like it could be so draining and so uncomfortable. And then when it's more intense and it lasts for that long, and look at you, you're still so smiley and cheerful. I mean, gosh, I don't know how you guys do it, honestly. Well, I feel better now, but I looked like hell. Like my midwife, she, once I started feeling better and I came in one day and I think I was like wearing proper clothes and I think I had brushed my hair and, <laughs> and, you know, like the whiteness, you know, like the color back came back to my cheeks and I was smiling. I was like, hi. And she was like, I, I this is a whole new person. I know. Cause before I'm, I, I mean, it looked like I was just ridiculously hungover. I was always slumped over, always trying to drink a Coca-Cola just to settle my stomach. But yeah, I mean, Always go, go, go. I got, yeah, I got really good at throwing up and driving. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was so bad. I was just like, so many times on the freeway, how many people would probably turn over and just seeing me just like hurl into like a go back. It was really mm. bad. Glad um, I got the extra heavy duty windshield wiper washer fluid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just was so over the top. And, you know, and I, you forget about it so quick, good. which is so crazy. But yeah, and then like come, 
you know, seventh month is when I started to feel better and I started walking more. Walking totally changed the game for me. Like my body loves walking. I don't know. I never did it before, but mm. it totally loves it. I'm like all the time I like would go to like Barry's boot camp or like a Pilates class. I'm like, I could have just been walking. Like my body just <laughs> loves it. Open 24 um, seven. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. So it started to feel a lot better. And, you know, also to my birth team has just been so amazing. Like I have you, I have a reflexologist. I have an acupuncturist. I have Nina, my doula. I mean, all of it. I'm like, I'm doing all the things. So my body's been feeling really great. Yeah, until like last week, my whole body is now, I feel like it. my back is throbbing. My hips feel just so achy. But that, it's all very new. But you're literally 38 weeks, right? Yeah. So it's... uh you're in the zone you're a week into the zone totally yeah my, my midwife she was saying she's like yeah you're pre-labor so it's like oh okay so it's like pre-labor and then it's like early labor and then it's active labor and then it's baby right I'm so and then sorry. you're looking at dog. right after that yeah oh you have a dog of course you go walking how can you not go walking with a dog oh i don't take them on walks anymore <laughs> so i have two roddies they're oh. both 90 pounds they're wow. so beautiful but they're but... <laughs> a danger to you no, they're just really strong. So I can do one, but my husband is just a total lamb chop and he takes them on walks and I walk <laughs> with him. But more so, like I walk to my appointments, I walk to you, I walk to my midway, and that's good for me. That's good for me. Yeah. Uh, what's the plan for birth? Okay. Well, right here where I'm sitting is where the tub is going to be. Amazing. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, we should have done the interview this. from the tub. We blew it up yesterday to see if there's any holes in it. We took a little selfie oh, in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, Rick got in there too. I'm like, this is actually pretty comfortable. A lot smaller than I thought. <laughs> is that okay? We're good. Yeah, totally. Fine. Okay. We'll All just right. have to get an appearance release from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's a little Stella right there. Hi, Stella. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so we're going to be here. And I have like, well, not like a vision. But I'm really excited. I'm going to do like a little crystal grid around the tub. I'm definitely going to put crisp, like fat aquamarine in there. And in the water? In the water. Well, I asked. I was like, can I put crystals in there? And Nina's like, it's your breath. I was like, right on, sister. <laughs> crystals it is. But, you know, like usually I just have all these crystals on me, like crystal jewelry, all this stuff. Since getting pregnant with my little homie, all I want is aquamarine around me and i've never been attracted to aquamarine and it's so funny because it's the pisces birthstone so he's going to be a pisces and yeah it's just really interesting so i'm gonna have that we're gonna do the cord burning we have like a little oh. blessing for that yeah instead of cutting the cord yeah so nina put me onto this book called placenta the forgotten chakra have you read it no i've heard of it i haven't read it Okay. I mean, I can just give you the cliff notes. It's, you know, you don't have to read it. But, you know, it's the idea that instead of cutting it, you can burn it. I mean, there's, it goes into other stuff too, like not cutting it at all and just like allowing it to fall off, like over the course of nine days, which isn't not my style. So I'm not going to do that. But, you know, me and Rick both having a candle and burning it and like allowing that warmth and that patient kind of process in print 
on that experience. And what the book was saying, essentially, like people that feel like either they've lost something or they don't have a home base. And it's just kind of this like really deep feeling within them that it most likely comes from an aggressive severing of your placenta of, of the cord, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, there's like rituals, how to invite that energy back in and just like thanking the placenta. And it talks about different cultures that really they, they keep the placenta at their home, like they bury it around the home and it creates this anchoring energy for an individual and their soul. And they almost treat it like a spirit guide or like one of your angels. And I just thought that was so cool. And for me, it resonates. I think I was at a birth with Nina maybe 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. For me, it was the first time I heard of that. I wonder if it was Nina's first also. I don't remember. But yeah, I don't see it very often. It sounds cool. Yeah. Capture it on film for us. Yeah. I mean, we have a birth photographer, which I'm stoked about. I was looking up like different rituals around placenta burning and there's like on Etsy, you can buy a box that like, does it like so effortlessly where you put the cord in and this, and I was like, Whoa, shoot. I was like, it won't be delivered in time, but that'd have been so cool to know before. Oh yeah. And, um, be we can, fun. Well, we can make one. Well, then let's make one. Yeah, that's true. Also, I, yeah, my husband is really into woodworking and like, I should just tell him to get on that real quick. Perfect. <laughs> uh, okay. So it sounds like you have a great team around you. I mean, mm-hmm. I always think you're the only one that needs to be on the team, but it uh, sounds like I have a very loving and very into you partner who will be hands-on with the birth. Mm-hmm. And your midwife, Abby, who I know quite well, and Nina, yeah. your doula, and a birth photographer who's probably also sort of doula-esque. And yeah. uh, the dogs, are the dogs going to be there? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard no for me. So we have a small apartment and they're 90 pound dogs and I get very overwhelmed sensory wise. If there's like a lot going on, if there's like sounds and movement, like my brain doesn't compute. And I think I would just absolutely lose my mind if I heard like, Stella, just sit down or like Opal, relax on the couch. Like I just be like, get out of my face, get, <laughs> like leave. So my girlfriend is going to take them for a couple days while we acclimate and have that time i mean yeah it'd be really great to have them around but yeah rick was like well let's just try. i'm like no 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 i, I mean look when you see dogs at home birth it can go so many different ways these are big dogs but sometimes they could be like a sort of doula-esque and just nurturing totally. you and around you sometimes they couldn't give a damn they're just like yawning stretching like hey we do this five at a time suck it up and totally. get it done. sometimes they get really anxious you know and they're not sure what's happening so it's an unknown for sure and like it sounds like you're gonna have a bunch of people in a small space to begin with so yeah i mean all that when i was thinking about it i was like okay so yes got nina i got abby she has two people that come with her i have my husband duh i have the photographer my mom my sister i mean like and then including that's nine people and you that's a, that's a full yeah and that's a party for me if that's in my house that's a party so so you guys could stop and play basketball in the middle you got two full totally. times yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh okay why home birth so you know i'm a huge believer of whatever gives a woman the most confidence 
that's the path she should choose. I do not feel supported in most hospital situations. That's just been my experience. So during like my hyperemesis, beautiful period, I, at one point, I was so bad I had to go to Cedars. And again, I couldn't keep anything down. I'm like, I have a sip of water and I'm like, my whole body, like I had abs during the first couple months because of just like my whole body heaving, just heaving. Like, I mean, everything, if I had a sip of water, my body was, I mean, I had to get IVs almost every day. Well, three days a week. And that's with powerful anti-nausea medication. Yes. And so I'm just like, what is it? People are like, oh, have you tried ginger? I'm like, want to guys gouge their eyes out. I'm like, babe. Okay. You know, this is um, a, an interesting thing. Many people have never heard of hyperemesis. Most people hear of nausea and vomiting of pregnancy. And no, it's a spectrum. It could be very mild or not present at all, or it could be more intense. Hyperemesis is something totally different. And I think that if anybody listening wants to learn a little bit more about hyperemesis, we have a couple of different ways to do that. First of all, we have an episode with Amy Schumer, who had hyperemesis throughout her pregnancy until the very end. It was very open in a podcast that we did, my wife and I did with her together. She was really spelled it out and you know again it's it's one of those people just like you that's like how do you even wake up in the morning she tried to do her tour (laughs) through all of that so um then i had promised amy we'll get some doctors who are at the forefront of research and treatment or management and we did an episode with three doctors and they're all from the her foundation her foundation which does great work you can find them online they have an app that helps you determine whether you have hyperemesis or not and lots of communal support and then we have a film on informed pregnancy plus that we just put up recently also called sick the battle mm. of, against hg hyperemesis gravidarum and it's a British film, and you know, it really, when you watch the film, you see it's very similar. It's uh, misunderstood, and people don't really get the support that they need. They don't realize that it's different than nausea and vomiting of pregnancy, so they themselves don't give themselves the space that they should be having. Spouses and partners don't realize, and they're just like, come on, get up and go do your thing. And uh, employers don't realize and don't support the way support should happen. So I'm glad you talked about it. I'm sorry you experienced it, but I'm glad you talked about it. And hopefully anybody listening will just look more into it. And one of the good pieces of news about it is we have more understanding about it now than we used to. There's this very specific hormone that it's been tied to. It's a hormone that makes you feel full, satiated, and it's overproduced by the placenta during pregnancy in people with hyperemesis. So at least we're gaining more understanding about it, and hopefully we'll have better options for helping people stay comfortable during pregnancy. But I digress. No, but it's so true. And also, too, I mean, like, with Kate Middleton and Amy Schumer, like, Zofran didn't work. I think I heard on your podcast that it only works for 50% of women. Yeah, for some women, it helps them a lot. But with Mm -hmm. the hyperemesis, it sometimes doesn't help at all. Yeah, there's been times where it's like been a game changer. And there's sometimes where it's just as if I just took like a placebo pill. But I'm just really grateful that I was part of the people that eventually like it did work. And by the way, I still take it this day. I mean, I take it morning and night. And there's absolutely a difference when I don't. Like all of a sudden, I'll be talking like, oh, my God, like it's so immediate 
that I'm just like, I have it everywhere. I have a bottle in my car, in my purse, in Rick's car. Like, I need it everywhere. It's really, really intense. Vitamin Z. Vitamin Z. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So hospital wasn't your jam. Well, so I went there, you know, and I was super sick. And granted, I've been in the swing of this for a while. I get IVs multiple times a week. And so I know it works and I know it does not Magnesium has been really helpful for me. But when I was there, it was just like I had it, everything I wanted and I knew what worked for me. I was like, oh, can I get Magnesium or can I get another bag? Because it was one bag and it just wasn't enough. And I was so sick. And they're like, yeah, that's going to take about three and a half hours, four hours to approve. So anything I wanted, I had to fight for. And they were like, yeah, you don't need it. I was like, okay, I feel like I really do. And I was like, well, can I get magnesium in the bag? And then again, yeah, that's going to be two hours. I'm like, it's magnesium. Like, and they're like, can I ask why you're asking for it? As if I was like asking for like some like narco or something. I was like, (laughs) because I know that like my body responds well to it. It helps with my nausea. It helps my migraine that I have right now. So couldn't get that passed. And I was like, okay. And she wouldn't even, then finally they're like, okay, fine. We'll do the second bag. Like it took like a really nice nurse to be like, I'll get you a second bag. Great. The doctor came in and wouldn't even let me finish the bag. She's like, okay, you're good. I was like, can I just like, are you saving it for someone else? It's just little things like that amongst other things. But I wanted to feel supported and not judged in however I want to roll in my pregnancy for it to be respected. Like I want aquamarine in my bathtub. Yeah, baby. I don't, I, I don't know if that'll happen at another place. So, you know, and just to be at home and then go straight from a tub to the bed and just to be with my baby to be, you know, having Nina and my mom in the kitchen, like getting us food right after and just being cozy. That is so healing to me, just even thinking about. So for me, that gives me the most confidence. And I know for a lot of people, you know, what gives them confidence is to be in a hospital where they have medical professionals all around them. So, you know, I'm not yucking anyone's yum, but I'm just stoked that I'm doing it here. I still am getting over the word you used earlier, overlappage. Oh, is that not a word? I don't know. Maybe it is. It's a first for me. I don't have a first language. I'm bad at all languages. So uh, we'll just make it a thing. Yeah, totally. So two more questions for you. Number one, sometimes home births transport to the hospital. Are you open to that if you need it? Or do you have a plan for that if you need it? Totally. Yeah, safety first, for sure. 100%. I'm not against anything. Yeah, I asked Abby about that, and she's like, yeah, we'd go to St. John's. Yeah, St. John's on the west side. Okay. Your midwife has a plan. Should you want it? Should you need it? My other question is, do you have, like, any... I mean, it sounds like you're very excited about the whole thing. Yeah, but I'm also really scared. About which parts? About a baby coming out of me. I mean, listen, I know this is what bodies do. I know every single person has ever been here. This is how they come through. I get it. But like the other day, Abby's like, oh my God, she like pinched my, I can even do it right now. I can like, I can feel his calf. And that's a big calf. He has his dad's calves. I can feel it. You know, <laughs> he's, he's a very thick boy. So it's just kind of nuts that, you know, your, your body just yawns open and like this like beautiful timing and like this baby comes through and, you know, Rick's, Instagram algorithm, you would think that he was a doula, like all of his things on his feed and on his explorer page, all birth, all lactation stuff, 
all baby tips. Like it's just nuts. And so while I'm very familiar with it, the transition from maidenhood to motherhood is blowing my noodle a little bit. Uh, I mean, uh, how can we not end with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Madison, thank you for coming on and sharing all this wonderful information, both about crystals and about pregnancy and about your upcoming birth. Next time we see you, you'll be holding this baby. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a little crystal monkey on me. <laughs> and we're going to find out how the whole journey went. Before we end, tell me, where can we find you in OpenEye Online? Oh my gosh, thank you for asking. So our Instagram is at open eye crystals, O-P-E-N-E-Y-E crystals. Our website that does have some offerings on there, openeyecrystals.com. If you're in LA, I would love nothing more than to see you myself. Well, I'm going to go on maternity leave. But when I come back and all the girls at the space are amazing, come see us. We're on Pico La Cienega in Mid-City on Instagram, join our lives. There's so much fun. Usually I drink champagne and show you crystals. Haven't been able to do that for the past couple of months, but when I'm back, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm going to join a live. I want to see what goes on back there. Yes. Oh my God, you're going to learn so much. We're going to turn you into like a little birthing witch. I'm going to give birth in a tub with aquamarine. I love it. Twinsies. All right. We're going to see you very soon. I'm going to see you very soon, but we're going to see you very soon to get the rest of the story. Our listeners, if you like this kind of info, visit us online at informedpregnancy.com. Or if you love video streaming content all about pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum, go to informedpregnancy.tv. That's where you can find our brand new platform, Informed Pregnancy Plus. You can also find it on apps for Apple, Android, and Roku. I got